Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. Hi, this is Celia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sharp and Hot. I am your host, Chef Emily Peterson, broadcasting to you from Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This is episode number 96. Woohoo! Very exciting. Joining me in the <laughs> studio is producer Anne, back from her birthday vacation. Yeah. Happy birthday. Hi, thanks. Did you have a good one? Yeah, it was great. It was so, awesome. what did you do? Um, so I've kind of like just got back to Brooklyn, just kind of like been in and out. Um, Amanda's parents rent a house on Long Beach Island every year. So we got to go down there, uh, to the beach for a couple of days on my actual birthday. So it's super fun. Do you have good weather? Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. There's like something weird there where I feel like it just like never really rains. Um, I don't know if it's just like far out on the island or something. Weather passes over. So it was great. Um, and then I actually went for, uh, my annual camping trip with all my buddies from home. So we had a ton of fun there. Okay, so you mentioned this a few weeks ago that you were going to be going on this trip with your buds. And these are people, like, dating back to high school, right? Like, birth. Oh, okay. (laughs) um, (laughs) So, you know, I'm from New York. I'm from Queens. Right. And so, I don't know, like, me and, like, I don't know, I guess it's, like, 15 of us or so or 20 of us and you know most of us met in grammar school or like on the block we grew up and we were just like the same kind of bunch of like rock and roll misfit toys and we just we just fit together for the rest of our lives mark has a similar group of kids adult now we're all adults but they're called the play group because their parents kind of (laughs) share childcare responsibilities and he also grew up in a city i have nothing like that nothing there's maybe one person from elementary school i'm like oh Periodically, I'm like, I wonder what she's up to. And yeah. because of Facebook, I, you know, I know. Yeah. But I just don't, I don't have that. No, I mean, I definitely, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like the luckiest person in town all the time. It's just, I don't know. And I think, like, a lot of us are, like, the youngest in our families. And I, I don't know. Like, uh, we're, like, yeah. kind of brother and sister. Who knows? So where'd you time. go? Um, not that far. We went up to uh, Fawnstock, which is, like, essentially Putt Valley. Like, Putnam Okay, County. so in, New, yeah, York, yeah, in yeah. New York State, up Hudson Valley Yeah, you can't, you can't get 20 people to commit to, like, drive five hours. <laughs> not, not when you're... Like, I want to go far west in <laughs> Pennsylvania. So what kind of camper are you? Are you, a, like, a leisure person, or are you a, like, scout master, where you're like, we're going to go orienteering? <laughs> or are you like, I'm just going to cook and drink all day? What's your camping MO? Uh, I think we are definitely, uh, this at least, this is our fifth year doing it, and this is definitely like a creature of comfort. Like, Queens brings Queens camping. <laughs> There's like tons of food, and like it's drinking beers, and you know, it's it's more of a, I guess, a leisure camping. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So is, was one person established, or a couple of people established as the camp chefs, or was it kind of everybody chips in? Yeah, I mean, I feel like everybody brings a ton of stuff. Um, as we know, I'm not a meat eater, so camping is always, like, tricky for me. But I bring a ton of, like, really fun nuts uh, <laughs> and pre-made sandwiches. No, um, 
and I, I always make cold brew coffee. So that's my my um, my addition to the mix. Mm-hmm. But I have a friend who is like super into cooking and meat and he will like forego all the activities of the day like we're going out to the lake and he's like no no I'm good I got you know I got a brisket smoking <laughs> he brings a smoker camping um so he made he made brisket like for seven hours um he what else did he make he made like just said like a steak at like seven in the morning because you know somebody needs that and then uh we were like sitting around the campfire it was like you know two in the morning we're all you know Half in a bag, but uh, and and out comes Bobby, and he's got like a tray of uh, of ribs, and he's like, "Who wants ribs? I just made." And it's like two in the morning, and you're just like, "Bobby, what is going on?" He's great. He's great. Ever. So I would say he's definitely the most uh, the biggest cooker, the chef of the trip for sure. So this weekend we went. We were also. It's not camping because it's on the water. It's okay. on the salt marsh on the South Fork. It's a very very south shore of Long Island, kind mm-hmm. of just north of Jones Beach. There's a series of little bay houses. And okay. there's a long history. It was built. This one was built by my great great grandfather, uh, and really? it's it's incredible. I mean, it's like it it used to be much smaller and much cozier, right. and then Hurricane Sandy destroyed it. So mm-hmm. my uncle mm-hmm. and my family rebuilt it, and so now it's like a water based chalet. Like it's incredible, but you have to carry all of your food and water with you. But so this is like your personal. Like mm-hmm. this is like homestead. Like this is not something somebody could rent. Correct. Wow. Correct. So it's within our family. My uncle manages the calendar. So every year on January 1st, (laughs) you're allowed to put in for your days that you want in the summertime. Wow. And so we decided to go on the blue moon in July. Yeah. Mark and I got married on a full moon in the full moon in July. It wasn't Mm -hmm. a blue moon that year. Mm -hmm. But so we were like, oh, we'll go then. It'll be so nice. But you have to like really consider your food because you can't. There's no right. There's once no the going boat back. Leave, like we don't have our motorboat, so my uncle drives us down, drops us off, and it's like see you in four days. Wow. Um, and so we planned everything out, and uh, you know, days extra, more food than we could possibly right. eat. Like of oh, like, oh, we need all these chips, we need all these snacks. And then on the first night, our good friend was generous enough to be like, "Can I come down and cook you guys dinner?" And I was like, "Yeah, like, who's like, going to turn that that's down?" An Brought like clams and pork loin, and he was so cute because he was like asking me like for cooking help. He's mm-hmm. like, "I was mm-hmm. like, no, just cook for me. Like I just love to be cooked for. I, it's going to be perfect. Right, it's going right, to be wonderful." Right. And so then that set us ahead an entire meal of food, and so. We ended up bringing a whole lot back, but it's really minimal. Like there, I mean, there's a stove and there's a grill, but you have to be like, you can't just let the faucet run. Okay. Like so, doing dishes and like doing dishes at camp. I feel like we could do a whole episode about yeah. like, how do you clean yeah. your dishes. Maybe we should get Jolie Care on. Oh my god! Got, ask a I wonder person. if she goes camping. Like you know, question. like I, I don't know, Jolie. You have to answer us because I feel like I don't. I don't know how she would feel. It'd be a, that's a lot of dirt. It's a lot of dirt. I could, <laughs> I could see her looking at us and being like, "Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No Why way. would I act homeless?" <laughs> like I feel like that's what she would say. <laughs> or she um, has some elaborate plan. That or she has out. some elaborate plan that involves like you know multiple cleaning solutions that have been poured into smaller mm-hmm. bottles. That so she like mm-hmm. at any moment. I don't know. It would be interesting. To hear. Or she's like, you know what? I just cut loose and I'm just a dirty hippie for four it's, days. And then you know, I don't think a that's scouring when I get home. I don't think that's going to be the case. So, so what else did you guys eat? I'm sorry. Well, let's see. So we had Mark made incredible sourdough French toast. Mark is like, he's got breakfast on lock. Like he's the best breakfast. That's cook. his jam. Okay. That's his jam. I made Cubano sandwiches one day cause we had pork loin. So I had brought some ham and cheese and like they were, those were really, really good and just put them on the grill wrapped in some tin foil and toasted on a cast mm-hmm. iron pan. Those mm-hmm. were awesome. Um, then we, what else did we eat? 
God, there's also a lot of drinking that happens yeah, there. Yeah, now, I should yeah. say, not so much that I can't make sure my toddler doesn't fall into the water because he came with us. Mm-hmm. And so in every other time I've been to the shack and I've been going since I was a small child, it's very much about relaxing. Like you just lay down with a magazine, you bring like the trashy books you've been saving up for the summer right. and you just lay and no one like does anything. Nice. James, that's not his thing. Mm. So someone has to like be constantly entertaining him, playing with him, keeping him from, you know, going overboard. Uh, And the night before we left, I had this like horrible stress, like anxiety, like what? I can't bring a toddler to the shack. Like he's going to, he's going to float away when no one's even going to notice. And my (laughs) husband was like, he's not going to float away. It's going to be fine. Mm. And sure enough, it was awesome. But it does not have that relaxation vibe because like right, right. the idea of laying down in the magazine is like no and Not so mark happening. and i kind of took turns being able to read i finished another novel called wild alone have you heard about wild alone every no. it's it's big on the goodreads circuit like if you liked um a discovery of witches which i really liked okay deborah harkness has been on sharp and hot a few episodes back uh actually probably many episodes back now vampire witch love story it's great oh that's great okay, <laughs> so if you like that then this book shows up and everyone's like it's amazing it's like gothic and weird I not into it I don't know I can't decide I felt like there, there was a single tone through the entire book which was just like it frenzied ennui well there you have it and I was like it's like these rich Princeton kids and this right. girl is a piano prodigy and she falls in love with these two brothers because she mistakes the identity of one for the other. But there's it. never like there's never wah, any low wah. points, you know, there's no place for your brain to rest. It's like this constant like she will she or won't she will she or won't she you know, it's just like eh. mm. yeah. Speaking of books, can uh hey Maggie, Maggie in the sound booth, last week we talked about a book called The Cake Therapist. <laughs> And I gave it to Maggie because Maggie said, oh, I love trashy novels. Well, you tried to have me read it. I did. That's <laughs> Jack, Jack opened it was like, I don't think I can do this. Oh, no. And so, I only got through like 15 pages of it so far. So I feel <laughs> not. Yeah, it was a little difficult to get started with. <laughs> yeah. So we should. Can I say that you have some cred in the world of trashy novels, too? Because your mom, <laughs> I learned, has a very special job. She. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners, Maggie, who she's the ghostwriter for? Yeah, my mom wrote, uh, ghost wrote Snooky's novels. <laughs> I feel like that's. That Wait, are, novels? That was a plural? Yeah, there's more than one. Snooky has more than one book? Oh, yeah, and they were all, they all did really well. They're actually this really funny. I, I loved them. I read all of them. <laughs> Except, wait, we have to point out, your mom has multiple books. Yeah, Snooki's yeah, yeah, yeah. just collecting the royalties and has her name on the cover. <laughs> yeah, but it's her character. I, I could be convinced to read a Snooki novel. Maybe we should have, maybe yeah. in the fall we should start a Sharp and Hot book club oh, and we yeah, can yeah. start with a Snooki novel. They're great. I is totally there, recommend them. Is there anything, does she talk about food at all? The Snooki books? Yeah. Uh... I don't really remember. I I maybe at some point, but that's really not the focus of the book. It's more of like a a like romantic beach read kind of thing. No snooky cookies. Yeah, snooky cookies. Maybe we should ghostwrite a. a she also has a. She also has a pregnancy book, and like a baby book. She, you know, I I gotta say, I give the girl cred for figuring out how she's gonna keep feeding the feeding the bank account after yeah, the show oh went up there. She's like really kept it going like she also has a podcast that has like millions of listeners and it's like jersey she rented years ago and she's still going jersey entrepreneur (laughs) jack do we have some like uh, a sound drop of like sad horns from the price is right do you think we have millions of listeners we probably have millions 
Beautiful. Good good on you, Snooky. Okay, so you got 15 pages in. Yes. And you did not feel like you connected with... Are you going to go back or you feel oh, like... Oh, no, I'm oh. totally... Like, I, I set out and I'm saying I'm going to read this book. I'm going to read this book. It might take me a bit. But, like, I don't know, 15 pages in, I just feel kind of bad for her. Like, I don't know, like, I read the prologue and I'm sure that things are going to get better for this character. Also, I don't know her name. I don't think they mentioned it at all within the first 15 That's, pages. That is so funny so, that you say that because yeah. not only does she... Is her name hard to follow? She also has a nickname. What? Yeah. So her name is Claire, and is some Claire. people okay. call her Claire, but some people also call her Neely. And I thought that was two different people for That's, a long time. Yeah, it's really. Yes. They don't. They don't mention her name at all. I don't think. I remember like. I remember thinking like looking for it in the like the part of the book where they like do a summary on the back of it. And I don't know what her name is, but uh, now I do. Claire. Claire. All right. Yeah. Claire kind of, she's in a rough spot in the beginning of the book. She failed in New York and is going back to West Virginia. And, like, she just, like, all these people are doing all this stuff for her. Like, there's this character, Gavin, that, like, goes in and, like, just basically, like, makes her whole shop for her. And then she kind of goes in and works. And people, like, she just... There's, I remember there's this one character that, like, just, she's, like, on the street just, like, thinking about things, and this one character just comes up to her and is just like, heard you failed in New York. Yes, that character, like, that's what? a very important character. Really? Yes. I remember being so taken aback by that, being like, whoa, that was so mean for no reason. See, and I know people <laughs> like that, so I was like, oh, I know what that feels I like. Found, that's so weird, because I found that so unbelievable that somebody would just... Oh, that's yeah. fascinating. Okay, well, you <laughs> stick with it and let me know when you're yeah. when you're through it. What do you think, Maggie? Should we do a Sharp and Hot book club? I think that would be great. I, I, liked, think be I liked last week listening to you talk about this book. All right, so we'll find listeners. Uh, if the listeners have a good, well-written piece of fiction, I would love to hear about it because I really like to read, but I can't read like real garbage. What about you, Anne? Prefer no. genre? I don't. I don't know. I get around. All right. I feel like I get around. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we have joining us in the studio Chef Angie Marr of the Beatrice Inn, and she's going to talk to us all about whole animal cooking and butchery. Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Are you a locavore? Our Northeast Regional Forager for Whole Foods Market sure is. She spends her time traveling around the New York City metro area sourcing the best new or interesting artisanal and handcrafted local products for our purchasing teams at the local store level. Part of our commitment to our local suppliers includes assisting them with the process of getting their products sold at our stores. Whether it's suggesting packaging designs, pricing, or distribution methods, she's helping some of the area's best new products reach savvy shoppers at Whole Foods Market stores. Today, New York. Tomorrow, the world. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. Welcome back to Sharp and Hot, everybody. I am your host, Chef Emily Peterson, joining you from Roberta's Pizza. This is episode number 96. Welcome back. I, lo- I just love to pretend that someone's driving in their car and just tuned in on the break music, not that they're listening to a podcast. <laughs> I love that. 
Joining us in the studio is Chef Angie Marr. Hi, Chef. Hi. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. So you are known in the New York restaurant scene as the, like, badass whole animal <laughs> chick. I, I think that's where we're going. <laughs> that's kind of awesome. Did you... Was that always your thing or are you like yeah no I like I like it well you know I um I actually just honestly I just cook what I like to eat and that just happens to be meat so (laughs) that's really all there is so you are currently the chef at the Beatrice Inn so tell us a little bit about that restaurant yeah uh the Beatrice Inn is a great little restaurant well I guess I shouldn't call it little there's like 133 seats Mm -hmm. a great great large restaurant yeah it's uh it's a great little restaurant in the West Village uh right off of West 12th street um i've been there for about a year and a half now um so it's kind of been my my little passion project that's amazing and how um how did you come to that position where had you been right before that when they found you or Um, or maybe you found them yeah no they found me um i was actually at the spotted pig working for april bloomfield um and prior to that i was at reynard uh, diner and Marlowe and Sons. Awesome. So now you're the helm of the kitchen. And what kind of um, like creative freedom do you get to play with while you're there? Are you like, you get, I mean, you're in charge, right? <laughs> Everything. So have, what's yeah. like? What are some of the weirder things that you've tried to do? Oh, you know, we. Uh, I don't know if it's weird, but you know, the the basis of my menu really focuses around meat, fruit, and herbs. Um, I'm probably one of the the very few chefs that will ever say that I I don't like vegetables. <laughs> yeah, I love me some kale, but <laughs> that's but that's so about funny. it. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's meat, fruit, and herbs. Yeah, so. and I bet there are people out there who are like, Hallelujah! <laughs> thank you for saying that out loud. <laughs> yeah, I. Hope I hope so. I hope so. You know, maybe it'll bring some people into the V. Well, it's kind of refreshing. Be- oh, you guys, you call it the V. I call it the V. That's yeah. cute. <laughs> um, it's refreshing because there is so much saturation around, like, you know, all of the perfect vegetables in the farmer's market. Vegetables so- are really hot right now. <laughs> really, vegetables are really super, hot super right hot. now. Yeah. And it's just kind of cool to have, like, the alternate voice would be like, oh, and when you have oh. eaten all of your, you know, brick scale tested Dan Barber roasted carrots right. so you, then you can, you can come back and have right. a really good really good short rib right. at my restaurant yeah. so what's the fruit and herb aspect that's such a cool concept yeah um, you know I don't know I think it probably I really like the aspects of sweet and savory together um, you know I think that it's it's a really cool idea to have um, you know these really beautiful large hunks of meat balanced out with something that's a little bit lighter and brighter and more feminine um, so that's like a lot of the idea that we play with at the in the kitchen. I love that, and like that's the yeah. kind of flavor components where you really can't go wrong. You know, like no, if you, you balance it with enough little, a little bit of salt, yeah. like it's awesome. It's great. So I have a meat question for you. Yeah, my brother is a hunter, mm-hmm. and he shot a deer out on Long Island, and has given me a cut of meat that's called a silver tip. Do you know what this cut of meat is? I thought it came from the shoulder. Yeah, that's what I would think too and so i slow braised it in Uh my slow cooker and it wasn't enough fat in it it was was terrible it was like almost you probably should have cooked it as a steak right i think so yeah so if i have this big hunk of meat i can just slice through it and make it into steaks yeah i mean i would probably just 
portion it, right? slice it. I mean, it sounds like a cut of meat that's going to benefit from a little bit more time, you know, like a skirt steak or a, or a hanger where I would serve it medium or medium rare. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, that's it's, 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 it's been funny. My... I always try and get deer, you know, when it comes to your season and it's always a lot of fun. I think that's one of the favorite things that I have is, is putting these big, beautiful deer legs, you know, venison legs out. That's um, awesome. Just like on a wood cutting board and yeah. Yeah, having at it. I love that, like, primal sense of, like, there is. This. and poor yeah. Anne. And I know, vegetarian Anne is like, she's like, <laughs> she's I'm like, just going to sit here. We she's did. like, stop. No, no, we no. got our, our our issue of Garden and Gun delivered this week. So Anne's like, I'm just going to sit here and read about no, tomatoes. No, when I, when I was a meat eater, I mean, like, skirt steak is my favorite. And, like, the bloodier the better. I mean, I'm, I'm a very, it's a 180. So I'm, I'm into it. I can totally respect it and understand it. Like, like, I will watch. The fruit and the meat, I guess. It's like a sexy little combination. I understand. Yeah, it is. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jonathan Sawyer in Cleveland does something that is, I think, super popular. I, I want to say it's called the brontosaurus chop, where it's a steak where the whole <laughs> rib bone is still attached, and you watch them go through the dining room. He has yeah. a restaurant called the Greenhouse Tavern, and everyone's like, "I want that." He's Whatever just doing that like the, the big tomahawk chop. Tomahawk chop. Yeah. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, or yeah, and it was an it's just amazing. It's like so watch everyone's fun. eyes yeah. change. You know, well, you know, we uh, we just started doing uh, about a month and a half ago at the B. We started doing these really great. Uh, we were just calling them butcher's blocks, and it's a lot of fun because I've been changing the meats on them every day. And uh, so tonight, I think we're we're going to do some pepper crusted short rib um, on one side of the block, and then also a sixty day dried ribeye on the other. So it's really fun, and it's, that's great for like yeah. encouraging regulars too because it's going to change. It's it's always new. It's always new. It's, it's always, always refreshing. New. That's yeah. great. It's always new. So you also have some very cool event type things coming I up. I do, yeah. Tell me about going to Nicaragua. <laughs> uh, well, Nicaragua kind of came out of the blue, but um, you know, I'm really, really excited. I've never been to Nicaragua before. Um, so last year at Metopia in October, I roasted a whole steer with Pat Lafrida. Um, who's a dear friend of mine. Was it whole, still intact whole? Whole, butterflied in a cajachina box. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I've never done it before. Um, it was like 37 hours of my life <laughs> just being wow. up watching this thing. Um, but it was a lot of fun. So uh, so we're going to kind of go to Nicaragua. I'm going to do something similar to that. I'm cooking at uh, three events down there. Um, but it's very cool. So uh, I'm going to the southwest part of the country on the beach. It's going to be called Playa Santana. Um, and, uh, you know, they've got a livestock program there. So it's really exciting because I'm going to be cooking uh, just directly from their livestock program. So the pigs, they've got a local sheep. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's a local short-haired sheep. Um, so we'll be doing tasting menus at that and whole animal roasts on the beach. And, uh, and who, I'm comes, very excited. who comes to dine? Is it part of a, like a hotel? Or yeah, is it, it is. It is part of a hotel, um, but it is also clearly open to the public as well. Um, so I think, you know, they're just they're just selling tickets at this point. That sounds incredible. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And you're going to do your first James Beard House dinner in October. I am. Yeah, Talk about I am. that. Uh, you know, I'm tremendously excited. I, it's such an honor to be invited to cook there. 
Um, so it's and it's such a beautiful, beautiful facility and beautiful kitchen. I went and saw it the other day when I was planning the dinner. Um, but yes, it is my first James Beard dinner. It's on October 9th, um, which is a Friday night, and uh, you know just because the proximity of the restaurant, you know, we're a block and a half away. Um, so I had to think of something to do. You know, that's tremendously different. Um, but you know, I'm a girl that I'm very into my beef. Um, you know, I think there's there's people out there that are into their pigs and their lamb, but <laughs> for me, it's it's beef all the way. <laughs> um, so for this dinner, uh, we're going to be curating beef from all over the world with wine and whiskey pairings to match. Um, so I was in Paris in uh, in April, and I spent some time uh, with a very dear friend of mine, Andrew Dorsey, who kind of taught me everything about meat. He worked for Marlowe and Daughters for forever, um, but. We spent some time with a butcher in Paris. Uh, his name is Yves Marie Bordignac. Um, and I learned so much about like different breeds and different ages. And I think as you know, chefs here, we just think of Angus. Mm, you know, mm-hmm, that's what we think mm-hmm. of. We're not thinking of like Rubia from Spain or um, you know Blonde Decoutine from France. Uh, so the whole idea of this dinner was to take those different breeds, treat them different ways, age them different lengths, um, and and really just curate beef from all over the world and, and do this whole tasting menu around that. That's I'm, I'm like very my excited. mouth is watering. Just <laughs> no, I think that sounds it. very cool. Yeah, 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 and yeah, so yeah, are sure. you doing like global flavors also, or is no? There... We're gonna we're gonna cook what we do. Um, okay. So you know meat, fruit, and herbs. There's cool. there again. There will be no vegetables. <laughs> on the menu. Oh, sorry. And this is not a dinner for you. <laughs> Not a dinner for you. You could have other plans on October 9th. But if you come to the B, I swear I'll, I'll cook you some vegetables. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I can do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so it'll be very exciting. You know, um, you know, we're getting the best Kobe in from Japan. We're pairing it with sake. Oh. Um, the Rubia that we're getting from Galicia will be paired with sherry. Um, so it's, you know, I like to do things a little bit backwards. Sure. Um, yeah, no, but yeah, you know, you're, you have the terroir of the alcohol, you know, the exactly. that's going with it. Yeah. Exactly. No, I think yeah. that's going to be super fun. I Absolutely. got to go to the James Beard kitchen once when I was in culinary school as a mm. student volunteer yeah. for uh, chef Carrie Heffernan. Um, and I was like starstruck because right. my father, the James Beard cookbook was my father's one of so it was Paul Perdome with the sausage skirt that we've talked about right. extensively uh, and James Beard for everything else. Yeah. And the James Beard cookbook is like a Bible in our house, but the recipes are not well written at all. Like, no, they, they haven't been edited. No one's edited right. them because they're like sacred. It's like, no, you cannot <laughs> touch, it. touch it. And I said something like to that effect to my father and he was like bite your tongue. <laughs> he also didn't want to hear that he would walk around in an open front kimono in his backyard and like, you know, <laughs> All of his neighbors were always blushing, but um, yeah, no, I, I I feel like I knew James Beard just through yeah. my father's connection. And then uh, when you go into the kitchen, it's in the downstairs floor, and it's the wallpaper is a map of the world, mm. and so it's like it almost looks like it belongs like in an elementary classroom, yeah. right, and it's right, right. it was just so cool, and it's got plastic to preserve it forever. And I just I really love that space, and congratulations, it's, a yeah, it's really you. a huge honor. So Thank congratulations! You. Yes, no, I'm, I'm very excited about it. As is my team, and you have a burgeoning media career tonight, <laughs> starting tonight. Yeah, or maybe not starting tonight. Is starting this tonight. Yes. Yeah, starting tonight so um i did chopped grill masters for food network so my episode will be on tonight at 10 
on the Food Network. Very exciting. Now, I assume that you signed a non-disclosure agreement. I did. (laughs) So we can't really talk. Maybe we should do a follow-up. We could do a follow-up. We could do a follow-up. Come back after your Nicaragua (laughs) visit. And then we can talk talk all about all of it. We'll debrief on chop. We'll talk about what Nicaragua is like. I have... um, I, all I know about Nicaragua is what was on the news when I was uh, like in high school, which is not good. Yeah, <laughs> but exactly. I can only imagine that it's beautiful and like, you well, know. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, you know, I know virtually nothing about Nicaragua, but I'm really excited to learn. And I've, you know, I've been doing all this research over the past few weeks and trying to put together my menu over, you know, the fruits and uh, and everything that's going to be in season while I'm down there. So. Right, because you're going to have this palette of tropical fruits. Is there yeah. anything down there that we don't have here? No, not you know, not that. To my research, not that I know of, but I'm really excited to, you know, I, I rarely cook with tropical fruits, mm-hmm. rarely, um, you know, so I'm a little bummed. I don't think mangoes are going to be in season by the time I get there, mm. um, but I'm really excited. I think we're going to do some fun stuff with some uh, coal roasted papayas and, um, you know, maybe pair that with some goats or cool. some fine roasted goats. So it'll and be fun. Bananas, right? Lots of bananas. I plantains. Think plantains. Yeah, yeah plantains. That'll be, fun. that'll be great. You're going to have such a great time. I'm super jealous. Yeah, well, hopefully I'll come back like, you know, five shades darker. Yeah, right. (laughs) Five shades darker totally stated on the best meal ever. Uh, Yeah, hopefully that'll be it. Thank you so much for coming. Why don't you tell Thank everyone you. to your uh, your website? Where do you want them to go to find out more about you? Sure. Um, well, you know, the website is uh, is all in construction right now, but um, oh, my okay. in- yeah, Sorry. but the no, it's okay. <laughs> it's all it's all working. Um, but uh, you know, I am on Instagram, and uh, my Instagram handle is at Angie K Mar, and uh, my Twitter handle is at Chef underscore Amar. All Excellent. Right. Thank you so much for coming out to Thank Roberta's Pizza. Thank you so much Pizza. for having me. I got an email from our Cheese Grotto friend, Jessica oh, Sennett. She yeah, yeah. has partnered up with City Harvest, and they are doing a City Harvest um, and New York City Marathon fundraising campaign on August 20th, where they're doing a dinner. So if you want more information about that, go to uh, cityharvest.org or Cheese grotto.com I believe is her website but um, yeah she was so cute she was like I was wondering if you know anyone who could help me promote this like maybe on the radio I was like hey (laughs) you could just ask that's cool yeah Yeah, no City Harvest is an amazing uh, organization in New York City that uh, feeds people who are in need cheese Grotto is an, an amazing product. You can go back and listen to the interview with Jessica Sennett. So go to cityharvest.org yeah, cool. for more information. Mm-hmm. Um, on the show next week, we have Chef Sam Talbot, who has a restaurant in Maine called The Pig and the Poet. And he is another sustainable seafood aficionado. And so we're going to talk to him. Uh, he's also got a program called Beyond Type 1 for people living with type 1 diabetes, which oh. when I looked at their website, it's like, wow, I've never thought about what it's like to live with that kind of situation. Yeah, it's intense. Health condition. It's sure. intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's going to talk about that. It's all about kind of giving kids and families a community of like, hey, we're all, this is going to be we're going to be okay together. Um so he's and he's super sweet and charming and charismatic. Um today's break music was provided by Knife Show. The producer is Ann Hogan. Our engineer is Jack Insley. Intern Maggie, thank you so much for your reading. Do it on company time. <laughs> uh, oh, can I thank the listener who sent me uh, all those Detroit tips as well? Oh, yeah. Was that listener Jacqueline? I was. Yeah, she's great. really appreciated oh, that. Yeah. And Jack, Good when list. are you leaving for Detroit? I leave next week. Is that right? Yes, next week. So two nights in Detroit, two nights, two nights in Traverse City by the Sleeping Bear Dunes, two nights in the Upper Peninsula camping to... 
add to your previous conversation. And then two nights in Chicago. So awesome. Yeah, yeah. cool. So the station is taking a break, so we're all going to take some some much needed much needed R and R during that time. But listeners, Recharged. If, if you have uh, tips for Jack, you can email him Jack at heritageradionetwork.org If there are things that he cannot miss in any of those places, thank you, listener. Jacqueline for or Jacqueline I should ask her how I should pronounce her name yeah or I'll just say it both every time yeah, every that makes, time. it's great radio it's great radio <laughs> uh, the sponsor of today's show was Whole Foods Market thank you so much for listening in if you like what you heard tell your friends to subscribe to this show on iTunes and the other wonderful shows on heritageradionetwork.org feel free to get in touch with me at Chef Emily P on Twitter Chef Emily at sharpenhot.com and next up we have a short clip of Alice Waters from the show evolutionaries until next week everyone keep playing with fire and knives i remember when president kennedy decided that this country wasn't prepared for the new frontier that we were not physically fit and he said that we should bring physical education into the public school system now he didn't put much money forth Alice Waters, the founder of Edible Schoolyard, speaks on evolutionaries about how she envisions the future of food education in America. But he put a lot of cheerleading forth. He was a great example of what could happen when people became physically fit. He gave awards for physical fitness. I remember when I was a child and we were involved in that program. Now they hired every school in this country, got behind it built tracks, auditoriums, gymnasiums. They hired teachers. They put money to this. They found money to make this happen. And every child was part of this. It was core curriculum. And they got graded on their behavior, their involvement in physical education. So I just imagined that we needed edible education. And that this could happen in that way. Because it's so critical. When you have an obesity epidemic, when you have global warming upon us, when you have an economic crisis, when you have these serious, serious problems on all fronts, you need to go into the schools and feed every child for free. The alternative to free school lunch is really not working. To learn more from inspirational voices making their mark on the food movement, tune into Evolutionaries, available anytime on heritageradionetwork.org and on iTunes. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.